Welcome to the Bald Move TV podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all the TV. We are part of the Bald Move Network, and you can find everything we do at baldmove.com. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. On a big lag, apparently. <laughs> is that a mental lag, or is that an internet lag? <laughs> it was a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> all right. Well, to be fair, we just got done with the Marathon Walking Dead cast, so uh, I will forgive you this time. This one time. This one time? Yeah, we have uh, several shows to talk about tonight, not just Girls, not just Justified. First, I've got a little bit of show news. Um, wanted Uh-oh. to kind of reinvigorate people on the Bald Move contest at baldmove.com slash contest. I kind of soft-pedaled this last week. Um, but the skinny is you can win a Kindle Fire. If you know what a Kindle Fire is, it's not, it's no mere e- e-reader, no. It's a fully functional color uh, with sound Android-based tablet. Uh it's a $200 value. It integrates with Amazon beautifully. You can play apps from the App Store. Uh, you can watch movies, uh, of course, read books, uh, listen to music on it. It's really sweet, and you can get it free by going to baldmove.com contest and doing a couple of things. First of all, you can promote baldmove.com on Twitter. You can tweet about it. You can do it on your Facebook site. Uh, you can do it on a forum that you participate to. Uh, you can give us an iTunes review. Whatever you do, uh, go and take the URL, which is in the you know the um, the, the the thing that says the HTTP colon whack whack slash slash. Uh, you grab that and you paste it into the URL entry, and you put your email in the email entry, and hit submit, and boom, you're entered into the contest. Yep, we also have an article on how to do this on our website. Yep, and uh, which. We can link to in the show notes. And the contest has got all the detailed rules, uh, you know, who's eligible. Unfortunately, it's uh, American only this go around to comply with some of Facebook's uh, regulations. In fact, 95% of the rules on the contest were there to satisfy Facebook's uh, rules for even mentioning a contest on their site. Um, but I'd like to encourage you all to go there, baldmove.com slash contest to win this free, fabulous Kindle Fire just for promoting us. Stuff you'd do anyway. Right? Right. I hope so. I certainly hope so. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about? I definitely don't want to forget about to talk about our impressions of the Americans. Yeah, that was the, the other show that I was going to mention. I want Americans. to see uh, if we've got a I house. I haven't seen any more House of Cards. Have not, okay. No. Have you? Did you get a chance to see par- uh, Parade's End? What is Parade's End? So Parade's End is an HBO miniseries. It's based on a novel, and it's set in the exact same time as Downton Abbey. So imagine it as an HBO version of Downton Abbey. Everything's oh, I like a little it already. darker. Um, there's a lot more sex and nudity. Oh, uh, I'm in. Uh, you sold me. Yeah, and the, the women are beautiful. The the cinematography is awesome. They have this the the main British guy uh, who I can't remember his name. His name is like Anton Cumberbund. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's got this incredibly deep British voice, so when he says things, it's like, <laughs> and you got to use subtitles on him a lot. Um, wow! But I had a lot of fun. I think I was talking to D. Candlish on Facebook, uh, describing what he sounds like. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I said he sounds kind of like an int from Lord of the Rings, uh, dropped about three octaves. Uh, uh, his his last name's Cumberbatch. Is that Cumberbatch? Right? Yeah, I've heard of this guy. Cumberbatch. Everybody yeah. talks about him. Isn't he in Fringe or something? He was on. I don't know about that, but he starred in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I haven't seen it. Um, you should. It's pretty good. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, that's the Gary Oldman spy it movie. Right? Also has in the first episode a plain voiced, full faced Richard Harrow from uh, Boardwalk Empire. How much? How much? Oh, is, oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. do the Tin Mask. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah, so he's in there, and he's only been in the first episode so far. I've only watched the first two. Um, but I'm definitely excited to finish that series. And if you're Jonesing for Downton, but you want to see a little bit more skin, I heartily recommend it. <laughs> yeah, and Downton's in hiatus right now between seasons. So yeah, so there gotta you go. get your fix somewhere. Uh, finally, or not finally? How long is that? Uh, I think it's six episodes. Six episodes, and okay. I think there's three novels. So there, if if this has been successful, and this is another BBC uh, present uh, production, that they're somehow involved in mm-hmm. it, which. I guess they have nudity on public airways in Britain. Uh, Don't see why not. Yeah. You know, like this country, you get a nipple slip at the Super Bowl and the fucking world ends. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, other things, I want to thank everyone to recommend that I ditched, uh, or not ditched, but placed it on the bookshelf for later for um, uh, the uh, for Oz and switched to Deadwood because I'm in through episode six of Deadwood and it is fantastic. I love that wow. show. I'm so much more hooked on that than I was on Oz. It's not even funny. And it's the dialogue, right? It's the dialogue is so good. The swearing is so creative. I love. <laughs> I actually love westerns, and I love the characters. Um, Timothy Oliphant plays this Seth Bullock uh, ex-lawman character with this ferocity, like. You know how pissed off Raylan was in the scene where everybody kind of cornered him and like almost forced him into grieving for his father, and he got yeah. like you know went kind of hard at Tim. Yep. Um, that's pretty much how he plays baseline Seth Bullock. <laughs> nice. I mean, he's just got this seething anger all the time. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. Um, cool. So yeah, I'm I really enjoying that. Uh, what else? We want to talk about the, the only thing I've had time now? to watch is A Few Good Men, which happened to be on AMC the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't which I've count. Seen a thousand times. That doesn't count as TV. Um, no. Should we talk about the Americans? Sure. Why not? What do you think about the Americans, Jim? Uh, I thought it was like uh, uh, it was somewhere just above average. I thought. Yeah, it seems like the people. I've heard that the first episode is okay. The second episode, it gets better. And by the third episode, first of all, it has Margot Martindale. Is it Martindale? Uh, the only Martindale I know is Wink. No, no, no. Um, from season two of Justified. Uh, Mags. Oh, Mags yeah, 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 yeah. Margot Martindale, right? I think so. She comes in and it really kind of takes off. So, And then I've heard, uh, I just listened to Seppenwall's podcast today, and they're saying that, uh, the improvement from that to episode five is 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 even greater. So wow. I'm with you. I was I thought it was just okay. Um, it had a lot of I, a lot of good tense scenes, but also there was some scenes I just didn't get. And I'm also having kind of a suspension of disbelief that you've got this deep cover Russian agent that's also doing like wet work type missions. Mm-hmm. It seems like you wouldn't, you know, if you have an asset that well placed, you wouldn't risk them on that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not exactly a super spy either. Well, I the thing I really like about 
what I saw of the first episode is the way it kind of set up the show. Yeah. Um, it's set up to really be uh, a series that can kind of do the same thing over and over again each week, but mm-hmm. make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like an X-Files in that way, uh, where you've got kind of the long-running plot arcs, but you get the villain of the week stuff too. Um, and I thought they, they set that up pretty well. Right. So I'm I'm interested, and if if Margot Martindale is headed to this series, is in this series, I'm sold. Like anything she's in, I'm on board. Just based on her performance in season two of Justified. Oh yeah, I mean season two of Justified is up in the pantheon as far as I'm concerned. They've never gotten that high. Um, uh-huh. You know, they, they, it's standard, consistent quality, but that was epic, and is all mostly due to how strong her. Uh, her villainous character is, and I guess she plays um, like a Russian spy master. Huh, cool. And I'm wondering if she does the full accent because that's the other that's thing they what get. I was wondering. They too. get away with these people not having accents because they're supposed to blend in perfectly with American, and they haven't spoke Russian for years, and they established all that. So yeah. it's you know kind of credible that these people have no Russian accent. So I wonder if they'll keep that up. Plus, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, you got Jenner too. Yeah, so. Jenner's back. Yeah, and he's actually pretty good. I've always liked him as an actor. I've seen him in a few other things. Good character actor, uh, sure. Yeah, and I like him. Yep. Um, I also like the fact that the you know there's this tension between the wife who's a die-hard, you know, Russian loyalist, right, and yeah. the husband that seems like he's maybe having second thoughts. Like you know, when they had the flashback of their starting their career, and he turns on the air conditioner. And just kind of like, wow, look at this. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I've heard that the that's a lot of people, the defectors from Russia were amazed by like mundane things like how many people own cars, how many people own houses, supermarkets, like a fucking a Soviet era Russia. You take them to Walmart and they would just like weep because <laughs> they've never, you know, they're, they're, they're like at first their instinct is to think that this is a trick because we just had so much more shit than they did. Yeah. Um, you know, capital, capitalist, capitalism is good for, if nothing else, supplying a, a bunch of reasonably cost shit for people to buy. Yeah, a large portion of that is probably the food supply, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the food supply has not traditionally been great over in Russia. Right, or toilet paper supply. Uh, and I also like how that's, that's, that conflict is, is now at their kids' level. Yeah. Because their kids are starting to, you know, they're growing up. American and mm-hmm. the kid is like idolizing the uh, astronauts that went to the moon. Um, and that feels really good. And I, I like how that conflict is being kind of set up. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pressures in their relationship felt very real. Yeah. Uh, which was also one of the shining points of the show. What do you think? Where, where do you think he sees their relationship versus hers? Did you, did you get a little bit of, uh, of disconnect there? Been much more on board with the married thing than she has. Yeah. Like he, I mean, you, you can even see that when they flash back and he's trying to like make a move saying we are, we are married. We're going to uh-huh. need to do this eventually uh-huh. uh, to keep up appearances at least. And she's not really into it. So I can't tell if, like obviously they've been intimate before they have children, but I can't tell how late into the relationship it started and how long it's been since that's been true. Right. I didn't get a, a very good sense of that, but I feel like that's something that'll develop more as we go on. Sure. Sure. 
Um, what else do we want to talk about? What did you? So speaking of Jenner, uh, it's pretty crazy to break into your neighbor's house and jimmy their trunk on a just a like kind of spidey sense tingling hunch, right? No, no, I did that at your house just the other day. <laughs> you got a key to my. You're probably pre- creeping and perving in here all the time. Um, no, you're totally right. It was bizarre. I mean, yes, he is a trained agent, and he was deep undercover, and he's he's very used to reading people, and he said to his wife, oh, something's off about them. Still, to break in and pop some dude's trunk, and, and to go right for his trunk. It's not yeah. like he looked around, uh, explored the house, and then happened to look in the trunk. It was like, there's something in this trunk. I must find it. Right. Now, the one, the one thing I think is kind of smart about that is, so... You know, I like how Breaking Bad introduced Hank as a threat, but he's it's just been a very slow burn across five seasons, culminating in, of course, the you know climax of, of the mid-season finale or whatever, um, yeah. where now, like, the chase is, uh, is, is on. I kind of, if, if, if this is setting up the fact that they're going to just drop off his radar for a while, because that's yeah. kind of... You got a, the contrivance of a, of a high-ranking, um, you know, anti-spy official living right next door to these deep-cover Russians is a bit much. But if you have him, you know, explore or kind of, you know, go after his hunch and be completely the door shut, slammed on it, he didn't even find so much as a bottle of bleach in that trunk, um, mm-hmm. which is what I thought. He's going to find some cleaning products. And I'm like, well, that's suspicious, but not, you know, a smoking gun. He didn't find nothing. It was just a normal trunk. I think that that might put his suspicions throughout the whole season so they can kind of get him on the Hank slow burn track. Yeah, and it was also useful in setting up just how good these spies are, right? Yeah. They're, they're spies. And, and we expect for him to find something. Yeah. But like you said, he doesn't. And that, having heard them say just like a couple scenes before about uh, this guy is not as smart as we are, we won't leave traces. Right. Um, when he's talking about defecting or whatever. That to me was a good setup for them, like telling us how good they really are. Oh yeah, and you're right; it completely averted our expectations, and that makes sense because if these people are doing the crazy shit they're doing, their spycraft has to be excellent. Yeah. So you know, managing the multiple license plates and not just having them jangling around in the back of your trunk like us lazy bastards would do. I mean, that felt pretty good and went a long ways towards kind of uh, earning back my suspension of disbelief. So do you feel like this is heading towards like what moviegoers would view as a realistic spy scenario, kind of like the Jason Bourne series? Hmm. Um, or do you feel that it's going more towards like a this very fictionalized kind of fantasy thing? I don't know. I I honestly don't know if I've – I've only seen one episode. I will say that yeah. I thought the second half of the episode was much better than the first half. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it did kind of the Breaking Bad thing where it kind of gripped us with the you know some exciting action up front. But I, you know, I didn't really care to see the end of that. Like you know, when I see uh, Walt standing at the side of the road and his tidy white as the gun drawn, I couldn't wait to figure out what the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, this thing where it's like some dude I know got shot, and you know this chick's wearing a wig, and uh, <laughs> it wasn't as good of an intro. I actually liked the quieter moments and the tension towards the the second half of the episode, and also. I thought the fantastic scene of him listening to his wife, his quote-unquote wife, fucking this yeah. dude. 
Uh, yep. You know, to get this confession out of it, and the, his his acting job was really great for a really extended take. And it's cool because at that point you don't know that they're they have like the sham marriage, right? Yeah, you kind of think like, okay, they're spies and they do what they have to do, but they are married. But it's not as bad as it seems at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so. anyway. Uh, definitely, I'm going to finish it out. I'm going to try to catch up the current uh, this week. What are you? Are you You're a maniac. Be able to make you it? watch too much TV, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just in a different. Uh, you know, you, you were the TV maniac last year. I guess it's this year for me to be a maniac. Yeah, um, I'm, well, I'm working on a website. <laughs> <laughs> that little thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so we want to move on to what girls? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Well, what do you want to talk about, girls? This was a better episode. This was definitely well. It didn't have Jessa in it, so yeah, better yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, um, so this one is kind of what is this about? So it opens up with Adam. Um, he's at, kind of at AA, huh? At AA, at AA, yeah. Uh, and he kind of over the course of this meets a woman there at AA, and she introduces him to her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, who he expected to be horrible. Um, and is actually fantastic, apparently. Apparently. Uh, you were saying that you didn't think they were really compatible. Like, he's too weird for her? Well, you know, when I watched it again, she kind of seems like she's got a little weird vibe to her. I just... Huh. She's so conventionally good-looking, and he's so unconventionally good-looking, I guess, is one thing. I just... You know, my visceral reaction is, well, they don't go together. But then actually when I got beyond that and watched the second time, just listened to them talk, I just – man, this dude's going to take her back to his apartment with curdled milk and some kind of fucking medieval rack that he climbs <laughs> to talk on the phone in the middle of his living room. How's that going to work? I, I, f- I don't know, man. I, I feel like Hannah is about the speed that he needs to be at, some kind of quirky, offbeat person that's got as flaws big as his that's going to put up with him. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think th- there's going to be a moment that we're going to see mm-hmm. when he goes when she goes back to his place, and yeah. it's going to be interesting. And it's either going to work or it's not. She's going to be running, screaming. But the other thing is her mom's quirky as fuck, too. So yeah. maybe maybe it will work. I don't know. We'll see. Um, the other kind of big plot point here is Hannah's OCD is back. Which we didn't – we were – was a very slight hint at the end of uh, season one where Marnie and uh, Hannah are going at each other. Marnie casually mentions, oh, yeah, well, I have to listen about you masturbating compulsively eight times. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So that I was – forgotten about that. Yeah, that was just kind of like a random Hannah quirk. But now – uh, honestly, it's scary, right? Yeah, she's OC- full-blown OCD. It does not look like it's fun. Uh, certainly not. Um, but they still got laughs out of it. Like, the best part is when she accidentally bumped the dude and then had to bump him eight times. He's like, yeah. the fuck? You just hit me, like, ten times. And she's like, it was eight, and ran off to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure where they're going with this. Um it's obviously due to stress factors. I mean, she is kind of freaked out about everything at the moment. Um, but I'm, what I'm interested to see is if she gets back with some of her friends like Marnie or she gets back with Adam or somebody, 
Like, why is this happening, and what is the cure for her? I don't know. Adam tried uh, to get back with her, or at least give, gave her a phone call. Yeah, and she was not interested. Yeah. Somehow I missed that the first time we watched it. I think I was, like, taking notes or something. But the second time, I'm like, oh, shit, uh, Adam called. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's an interesting development in her character that I, like I said, I didn't catch that in season one. Um, but I don't know where it's going, so we'll see. Uh, let's talk about Marnie and ex-boyfriend yeah. Charlie and his newfound success with uh, Forbid, a revolutionary app, which I actually think this is a great idea for an app, and I guess something like this already exists. I'm not hip enough to know about it, but the concept was you set your phone up to not let you text or phone somebody, and yeah. to unlock the ability to contact them, you have to pay $10. That's a pretty cool app model. Yeah, I mean, that's a great idea, especially because you're getting people to hand you money when they're drunk. Right, right. right. You're taking advantage of their moments of weakness. Yeah, <laughs> that's still the kinda perfect helping time them. to get somebody to pay. Right. Uh, I have severe problems with the chronology here. And okay. I thought maybe that they've just jumped forward a bunch of times, but Adam made it very clear in his AA meeting that him and Hannah broke up less than a month ago or about a month ago. And that's kind of uh-huh. consistent with my feeling of the timeline. So when the fuck did car, did Charlie have a time to not only sell his app, but to start this new awesome corner office in Chelsea and have all these, he's got like 12 employees now. He's completely well, they, changed his they, wardrobe. What the fuck? I thought they implied that he had done, he had started this, after the first time they broke up. Yes. Which was at the end of last season, which was only a week or two before the start of this one. No. Yeah, dude. On. Adam Adam said that him and Hannah broke up less than a month ago. He was still in his cast from the accident that they got in at the end of last episode. I mean, there couldn't have been more than six weeks, six to eight weeks elapsed between uh, end of season one, start of season two. So in three months, this yeah. fucker has gone from... You know, down and out boyfriend to uh, app designer with 12 people working for him. Yeah, it's the internet age. It happens like that. I don't know. That felt, you know, No, I'm with you. It did feel a little too quick. Um, I just don't like anything about Marnie at this moment because she is like, first of all, her attitude of, oh, I expected this guy to be broken up for at least six years over me. Yeah. Like, I expected him to be a hopeless wreck for uh, the next decade. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I hate people who consider themselves so important that other people should be broken up about them. Also. Uh, And and I I also don't understand why some people, like Marnie here, enjoy watching other people suffer. Because that's what she wanted to happen. She wanted him to be miserable for years. And he's not, so she's kind of angry about it. Well, I mean, I can get down. I mean, I've been mad at exes that got over me too quickly, in my opinion. Um, it didn't last long that long, and I for damn sure didn't go to their fucking place of work and act like a fucking creepo. Yeah. That was really uncomfortable and weird to watch her do that. And Every interaction they've had since they broke up has been uncomfortable and weird. Right. This 
is a, a step beyond. Well, this right, is more but. like I feel like he was healthier and she was unhealthy. And then she's ranting to Ray of all goddamn people about uh, how, you know, it's always the people that know, the people with their shit together, namely her, never make it. I'm like, your shit is so not together. You're yeah. now flipped the way you're stuck on fucking Charlie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. She's saying that while she's standing in her hostess outfit, yeah. uh, taking advice from the one guy who is a self-proclaimed loser. Yeah. Like, what, what are you doing? What do you think of him giving that advice? That's advice he would, if someone gave it to him, he'd tell them to go fuck themselves. I, honestly, I think it's great advice. It is you awesome do, you advice. you got to do what you want to do. Uh, nothing else is going to make you happy. Do it. But coming from that guy, it's hard to swallow. You know? Right, right. Do you think anything's going to come of her singing career? She's got a nice voice. She's pretty good. She's pretty. I mean, you're halfway home. If you can sing and you're attractive, uh, yeah. you know, get on. It would be awesome if they put her on American Idol and that was an ongoing. <laughs> yeah, plot it would line. be. <laughs> that'd be cool i don't know um i can never tell what's going to happen next with this show honestly so uh no predictions uh what do we think about shoshana i know you're not the biggest fan but what do you think of her uh getting laid dalliance with uh the doorman getting yeah, dicked down, getting dicked down the by the doorman um uh, <laughs> i don't know because i'm not in the same boat you are uh, as you when it comes to Ray and Shoshana. I actually think they're kind of good together. Uh, you hate it. I know that. <laughs> what? Ray uh, and Shoshana? Shoshana being together. R- Roshana? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, Roshana. I just think he's he's a cynical loser dick, and he's going to fuck her up for many, many years if she stays with him. I I think this doorman is just a fucking player. For sure, uh, out yeah. out to sport fuck as many girls as he can. Uh, so that's Coming not out of parties drunk. That's that's not any be- That's not better either. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this either. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I, part of me says she was a virgin when she got with Ray. Ray's kind of an asshole. Her getting out and experience. And now, obviously, I don't like the fact that this is all happening without people's knowledge. But yeah. you know. Um, I feel like they're not going to last this season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I'm actually interested to see what Ray does um, once that whole thing crumbles. Because as we found out a couple episodes ago, they're living together. Surprise, yeah. surprise. And his buddy has made it now. His other loser friend that last season, you know, he was going through his uh, girlfriend's diary and saying how pathetic he was. Now, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, now he's... Uh, you know, made tons of money and Ray's still working a coffee shop. Yep. So I don't know. So Ray could be headed for some trouble pretty right? soon. It's always weird when they give the boys screen time because I feel like it goes against the show's mission statement somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of the title? Like it's kind of, it was kind of elegant how the we ever got everything from the girls' perspective last season, you know, and like how – he kind of gets the idea of like, you know, it's like how mysterious men are from women's perspective. Uh, yeah. You know, like a guy, especially like fucking Adam. He's like an alien being and Charlie. Well, but then towards even the. Even from a guy's perspective, he is. But then we started seeing like, you know, what's going on with Charlie and what's going on with Adam and would they become more sympathetic? I feel like some of the show lost some of its mystique a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think season two has 
uh, gripped me as much as season one. Hmm. So next week uh, is provocatively titled On All Fours, uh, written and directed by Lena Dunham. Oh, we'll see. Oh, boy. A lot uh, of nudity in that one, I predict. And the, the season finale was uh, written uh, by Judd Apatow and Lena Dunham and directed by Lena Dunham. So I think that could be – I'm expecting that to be super funny. Huh, yeah. Uh, can I predict that On All Fours is going to be the episode where Adam and Hannah get back together? No. Coming back crawling on all fours. Well, there again, uh, Hannah has kind of ruined him in a weird way by indulging his sexual dysfunctions. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if, if you're a type of dude that needs a girl to tell you what a, a big, uh, you know, you kind of like a Jip, uh, a Jip Rossetti, which I know you didn't watch, uh, um, Boardwalk Empire, but a lot of people are nodding along with me. If you need that kind of level of, you know, kind of, you know, humiliation, but also it's kind of switch because she's going to be like, punch me in the tit and come on it. Mm. There's not a lot of girls in that end of the swimming pool. Um, yeah. Especially going to put up with you when you're fucking Adam. So I could see him running back to her because, you know, he feels like right or wrong, she gets him at some level that the other girls don't. Yeah. And also, I feel like there's a little bit of foreshadowing going on here where he's saying, um, you know, you're so easy to talk to and this is so – I feel like he's going to go overboard and overshare and it's going to run, run this girl off. Yeah, that could definitely happen. I mean, Adam has a tendency to say what's on his mind at all times. Right. And sometimes that can be scary. Okay. Uh, have we talked about girls enough? You got anything else to say? Nope. I'm good. Let's go to Justified. Shall we move on to the main event? Justified. All right. So we open up the episode. Raylan is trying to give his dad's deal to the ex-sheriff whose name escapes me. Uh, Hunter. Yeah. What do you think of this scene? Um. Oh, this is the deal. Uh, I liked it, although I felt like Hunter was kind of on to his game immediately. Well, that, the, the main question is, what is, why is Raylan, I understand him wanting to keep his dad in prison, but why is mm-hmm. Raylan after this Drew Thompson case? Because he keeps saying, I can write my own ticket. Later in the episode, when he's trying to appeal to Arlo's sense of, you know, posterity that, uh, you know, don't you want your grandkids' daddy to be a deputy director? He, what? Why is he so into this? Is it? Is he feel like that this is his past is kind of wrapped up in this case? Uh, I didn't really get that sense. I've over the past season or so, I've gotten the vibe from Raylan that he's not as into what he's doing anymore. He's a little, um, he's a little more clued in about the risks of what he's doing, especially after like losing Winona um, and having the kid and everything. He's, he needs to kind of take things easier. He can't be having quick draws with everybody or with bad guys once a week, you know? So I'm wondering if maybe this is not his attempt to get out of that by solving this big case. Uh, Art's retiring. He might just move into his spot. Mm-hmm. What do you think? There's a lot of contrast in this episode, and the one I want to talk about now is when Boyd is getting this uh, lecture on being an outlaw from the business guys. Like, oh, you should go in the French double doors and do a certain time. 
And uh-huh. then the guy, like, kind of Boyd, you know, tries to yank his chain. And the guy acts tough, and Boyd kind of sighs and acts beaten. And then flip that around to the end of the episode where Boyd's giving them the lecture on being an outlaw. What do you think of yeah. that? Oh, I loved it. I mean, this is what Boyd is so great at. And I talked about this last time, but it's just when you think you have the upper hand, you don't. Boyd has it. Boyd mm-hmm. always has it. And Boyd always hits you with it at some point. Uh, let me ask you this, though, because our, I thought the Ava's long kind of speech to him at the end is kind of prophetic, where it's like, you know, you get in trouble with so-and-so, you run to this guy, you get in trouble with him, you run to Win Duffy, you get in trouble with Duffy, you run, uh, or you, you, these these big wigs at a Harlan, you run to Theo, who's bigger than Theo, and he's like, God and Uncle Sam. And she's like, well, what happens when you get upside down with him? And he's like, no, baby, it's, you know, this is our this is our – what four hundred k in a Dairy Queen franchise? This is this is yeah. this is how we go legit. Uh, I feel like Boyd could die, man. Yeah, I, I'm with you. There's I was all, worried for him in that scene. All kinds of foreshadowing. Uh, mm-hmm. Theo's enforcer is saying, "You realize that us and 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 so the favor he did for Boyd was he called up all the judges and policemen and state officials who were in these guys' pockets." And yeah. basically pulled rank on them. So they abandoned these businessmen and now they're at the mercy of Boyd. Uh, he yeah. warned him that this is going to, this is going to cost you. What do yeah. you think? What kind of debt is, is, is Boyd facing here? And do we think it's going to be resolved in season four or is this a season five setup? Uh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know what the debt is going to be, honestly. Uh, and I I didn't think about it much until you just said that. Um, I what I assumed was happening there at the time I was watching it until we got to the last scene there um, is just Boyd was trying to get money for some nefarious purpose. But then when the dude showed up and started killing his enemies, I knew. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly I'm not sure. What do you think Johnny's game is with playing this cat and mouse stuff with uh, Colt? Was that just to prove that to get the to get the ironclad proof that Colt um, fucked up and is is basically cheating on Boyd? I guess about this Ellen May business. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at first, I was wondering, is that Shelby? And then no, I realized that yeah, that's Johnny messing with him. Uh, and he's not just messing with him. He's like you said, he's trying to get proof because last time they spoke he kind of implied things and they had this weird conversation, but there was never any admission there. But what's so he was he, trying to get Colt to screw up and say, yeah. Yeah. But so, so what did he do? He had him go to some freaking electrical closet and uh, yeah, I don't understand. I don't exactly understand what Johnny was doing there. Doing where he implied that there's going to be a meetup, and he mentioned a certain spot, and then he just observed Colton going to that spot and looking frustrated. Hmm. I mean, at this point, when just the mere texting back and forth of Colt should have been all the proof he needed. So, what did he get by having him go out there and and do something? I feel like I missed something. Seeing it two almost three times, I still don't get what Johnny's game is here. Yeah, there are a lot of layers in here. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if there's not something that we're maybe not supposed to get yet. Mm, okay. Um, the, one of the layers going on here that's I, I think is really interesting is with Boyd and Johnny and Duffy. Yeah. Uh, 
because Boyd hands him this list of people to kill mm-hmm. and says that one of them is Drew Thompson. Duffy goes out and does it. Mm-hmm. And then Johnny, who Boyd doesn't know is in Duffy's pocket, mm-hmm. is kind of just happens to be there when they're talking about having killed these guys and tells him, no, no, Boyd just screwed you. Boyd doesn't know about that yet. Right? He knows that Duffy has gone out and killed whoever he put on that list, but he doesn't know that Duffy knows that none of those were Drew Thompson. No. So that's and, setting and, up another wrinkle in this. And but unless unless Johnny because here's the thing. Is Johnny um, working for Boyd still? That's, yeah, because Boyd knew kind of knew about it because he was ready for this conversation with Theo's uh, assassin enforcer guy. And his sale, by the way, the salesmanship in that scene, which is like, which begs the question, why do you want a, a side of the man who was tooken rather than the man who took him? Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Goddamn, uh, Walton Goggins is a charming motherfucker. Agreed. Yeah, so it's like, I, I kind of feel like Johnny is working with Boyd to cut out Win Duffy, which, again, the wharf effect is in full force. Him taking advantage of Win Duffy just makes Boyd look like a bigger badass, but it's also making Duffy look kind of foolish this this season. Yeah, and that's I think that's what they're trying to do this season, right? They can't take Boyd any any higher without getting Duffy out of the way. Mm-hmm. So get Duffy out of the way, get Boyd in the pocket of Theo Tonin, then see where things go from that from there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell. If Johnny is still on Boyd's side or not, I honestly can't tell. Yeah, it, it feels very much like he isn't. Well, no, it's just why, like last season. Why wouldn't he just let Duffy think that they had got Drew Thompson? I don't. I don't Where's the long the long con in that? Well, obviously he's got to. You know, he wanted to make the play on Theo Tonin's enforcer, who I keep referring to that because I don't know his name. Um, yeah. But so. The guy who looks like uh, yeah, there's no there's no point in letting the thing is Drew Thompson if your whole point was to number one you're eliminating two threats from yourself and you're making some cash and you're going yep. to try to flip that like he's basically playing high stakes poker where he goes in all in on every hand and he's like okay well I'm going to do this take advantage of Win Duffy knowing that I could be killed by two mm-hmm. bloodthirsty mo- mobs but I'm going to have you know appeal to the one guy's criminal business sense enough that he's not only going to cut Duffy out and bring me into the fold, but he's also going to grant me a favor, a boon. And, yeah. you know, it all worked out for him until it's not going to, uh, I feel like. And again, yeah. I, I just feel like Johnny's game is way too close to the vest for him to be not working or working against uh, Boyd. I feel like we're going to find out that he's been working for Raylan all along. What? What? I'm sorry, not working for Raylan, working for Boyd all along. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that would be yeah. a hell of a twist. And Colt yep. has been working for Boyd all along. <laughs> Arlo's working for Colt? What? Arlo's working for Shelby. Uh, speaking of Shelby, what the fuck is going on with him and Ellen May? Is this the worst idea ever for a sheriff to be living with a prostitute? Ex-prostitute, maybe. And falling in love with her? Huh? And falling in love with her? You, Is, what? You, I, don't, you think, I didn't get that. You really? No. With the constant remarks about her wearing his wife's clothes and 
you know, and her saying no, she tried to make some she tried to make some passes at him. And you he don't think Shelby was interested? Turned in him it. down. Really? I I thought he was kind of for it. Oh wow! Uh, I didn't get that at all. So, and I just I, I thought there's a weird scene because she's first of all, I think Ellie Ellen May is a crappy character, and maybe the actress is crappy too. But she's sitting there like I feel like a different person. Like you feel like a dumpy housewife. <laughs> wearing your shitty sweater and your mom like. jeans do you start to feel like do you feel like the person do you feel like leaving sheriff shelby because that's what his wife did <laughs> <laughs> the longer i wear these clothes the more i find you repulsive <laughs> the less charming you look in that goddamn uniform nice um so let's talk about raylan and arlo yeah kind of the big thing going on in this episode um i it feels like that you in this country in fiction, you can't have a heroic character that truly hates their parents. Even a guy like Raylan, who's justified, yeah. you've got to show that, yeah, he acts tough, but there by the elevator, he's going to have a little bit of a, and what qualifies for Raylan as a breakdown over yeah. his old man dying without refusing to make peace with him. Yep. And I would say that. I first fell in love with Justified when Arlo was introduced. The, the, <laughs> the baseball bat scene? The Lord, of, the, the Lord of War and Thunder, I believe, is the episode. It's episode five in season one where we first meet yeah. his old man and, you know, say, hey, boys, do you like baseball? Are you any fans of Hank Aaron? <laughs> and he just, he crap just savagely him. beats him with that baseball bat. Um I thought it's like I sat up and I'm like, okay, I can see where this this show's got legs. This is kind of a, a somber moment for me. I'm surprised the show's got the balls to kill this guy off, especially when he's still a badass. He damn near beat yeah. two guys to death with a fucking hair trimmer. <laughs> yeah. No, I was man, I was on the edge of my seat during that scene. I, at first, I was like, oh, you fucked with the wrong old guy. Yep. This guy's going to kick your ass. And he did for a minute, and then he just got overtaken. What did you say the ex-Harlan uh, Sheriff's uh, name was? Booker? I think it's Hunter. Hunter. What the hell is his game? He's never getting out of prison now. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, uh, he, he knew I he was going to do. A, he knew he was going to do a lot of time killing Arlo, but now there's like all these guys dead. So it's got to have something to do with Drew Thompson, right? Obviously, but I mean, what could he, what could he be doesn't wor- want that information to come out, so he's going to kill Arlo because hmm. he thinks he's making a deal. Hmm. So that's what his game is now. Why he's so hell bent on not having that information come out, I don't know. Okay, uh, we ha- haven't been told that. Have you heard any of the theories? Didn't we talk about this last week about Sheriff Shelby perhaps being Drew Thompson? Uh, I think you mentioned it, yeah. So here's the evidence, and I thought that they're now that I was aware of it, I was watching this episode. Um, first of all, Drew Thompson's widow, who Rayland says, uh, you know, looked like uh, what was her name? Uh, I can't think of it. I don't know. Um, shit, the psychic Ava one. something. Yeah, Ava Gardner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she the chronology of her leaving Drew works about the same time as Shelby's wife leaving him. Huh. And then at the end of the ep and she's trying and Raylan says maybe she's giving us people that look like completely opposite of Drew Thompson. So maybe she's uh, trying to protect him somehow weirdly. And then at the end uh 
Shelby says, out of the blue, I tell you what, I wouldn't mind taking a look at Drew Thompson's widow. I hear she's quite the looker. Huh. Like, that would be a funny thing for Drew Thompson to actually say. Yeah. So it's all very circumstantial, but there's nothing that says Shelby isn't. (laughs) No. Until we know. You know, well, and also the thing, you know, where they're having that con- about you wear a certain set of clothes until it feels, you know, you, and and he said it's, you know, I don't know how many years it took me before I, I didn't feel like wearing this stuff as a costume. Yeah. Which would also be consistent with a man who's living a long term double life. Oh, man, you're convincing me. You're convincing me that Shelby is Drew Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, Trying to think, line of the week. I went. Aw, I, 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 is there else uh, other stuff we need to talk about? Yeah, we need to talk about Raylan's consecutive quick draw. Oh Jesus, yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's also a little bit of timeline problem there. I thought uh, it seems like they established that Boyd gave this guy the two names, and that same day, the same day that Boyd showed up to kind of roll tough on um, whoever the dude was cleaning his shotgun was the same day that he came and killed those two. Does it seem plausible that that guy could come in there, steal a sheriff's uniform that fit him, and visit those, both those guys and kill them? That's a nitpick. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time thinking of but I just thought, it's like, did, you, yeah. did that trip your little spidey sense? No, not at all. Um, my, my spidey sense was tripped as soon as that guy showed up in Boyd's bar uh, and Raylan showed up in Boyd's bar. And mm-hmm. I was like, yep, one of these guys is not leaving this room, and I think I know who it is. Oh, great scene, because I, I thought that uh, uh, up until then, because Raylan smokes out the assassination attempt fairly early on, but then him and Ava and Boyd just kind of banter like the guy's not there. Uh, yeah. And I love the thing. He's like, you know, Raylan, I just want to tell, tell you that me and Ava have talked, and despite all the recent acrimony, you're still on the guest list. That was his. That was his first response when Raylan was like incredulous that Ava's getting married to him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and you can still see that Raylan cares about Ava because he's like, really, you know, you're gonna you're gonna marry another fucking Crowder boy, and mm-hmm. think it's gonna turn out different. Um, yeah. But yeah, him drawing down on that dude who we already saw is a you know cold blooded killer was a real badass moment. And his initial reaction of, oh, Jesus, I hope I called that one right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when he's got three bullet holes in his chest. Yeah, he's not shit. I mean, he thought nothing about killing the dude. He's like, man, I don't want to catch hell if this is the wrong one, though. Yeah. Yeah, and then Art's line when he gets back is pretty good. I was pretty sure you weren't a cop killer. What did he say? He's like, I was 90% sure you weren't a cop killer. (laughs) Um, uh, So we talked about... That we talked about the death of Arlo. God damn it! Oh, what, what did I want to talk, talk about? about uh, can we talk about Tim in this episode? What about him? Tim is watching Raylan like hawk throughout this episode. Hmm. Isn't he? I mean, every shot they show of him, he's staring over at Raylan while he's interacting with this lady. This uh, uh, what's his name's widow, Drew Thompson's widow. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. But I didn't know and what to make of it. There's this kind of cool moment where Raylan is totally incredulous about this lady's abilities. And he lets her know it. And then he walks away and he says, oh, and you still look like Ava Gardner. Right. And, and Tim sees that and he's just like, 
Man, that is one smooth operator. <laughs> yeah, he just basically ran her a bunch of shit for 60 seconds and then gave the spoonful of sugar that totally had her yeah. melting and, you know, had had her to putty. Yeah, he's – and we've talked about that before, how he's got that southern way of saying you're full of shit, but it's so charming that you don't take offense at it. Yeah, I just liked Tim's reaction to that when he, he saw it. Oh, speaking uh, of reaction shots, did you see the reaction shot <laughs> to Boyd – when uh, Raylan bl- blew that guy away right beside him, no. Oh, you should go back and watch that in freeze fame. Walton Goggins, <laughs> like will. he like spins away and has this like "oh my god" kind of look. It's really, <laughs> it's really fantastic. Yeah, and he's like, uh, oh. I feel like we haven't done Arlo's death justice. I mean, I what can you say? I mean, the show treated it. Uh, very matter-of-factly. In fact, Arlo died midway through the episode. We didn't even know until Raylan kind of mentioned it in an offhand I, manner. I, yeah. Again, I'm going to miss Arlo, but I like the way they handled it. It felt pretty real. Yeah, so my the thing that I have written down here is that it was kind of a bold choice for them to kill Arlo off-screen. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, he has been such a character in this, episode, or in this series. Uh, he's been with us for so long, but it kind of feels fitting in a way because he's always kind of been off screen when it comes to Raylan, right? Yep. I mean, that's the relationship they had. He he was off screen for most of his life. Yep. Um, and and Raylan kind of liked it that way. Sure. So I felt like it was a very fitting end for the guy. And the part where Raylan's in the room with him and he's on his deathbed, literally, uh, and Raylan gets in close and he says, kiss my ass. And he's the same asshole that he's ever been. And the- it, there's something so, so wrong and so right about that. I mean, for the character, it's perfect, right? Yes. Because that's who he is. He's not going to change on his deathbed. Yeah. Uh, even with his son saying, is this how you want your grandchildren to remember you? Just as a son of a bitch. Well, and when he said, give me something. Like, give yeah. me something. He was – that works on two levels. He wanted a lead, but he mm-hmm. is also like, give me some kind of emotional connection. Jesus yeah. Christ. as a son. Just, yeah. I want something. I want my fucking birthright, man. Yeah. I want, I want it's, my, my – It's a rough scene for me to watch, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it pretty intense. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so, I didn't want to just skip over that without talking about and, it. And, again, I kind of glossed over the elevator scene. Timothy Oliphant, man. Yeah. Those are the hardest things in the world to do, just reaction shots. Like oh, I talked about earlier on in The Americans where that guy's listening to the tape of the dude righteously fucking his wife. It's <laughs> A camera's on you for 60 seconds just watching you react. And it's a remark of a good actor that you don't feel like that's awkward or ridiculous. And to pause yeah. for 30 seconds for Raylan to wait for an elevator to come pick him up and have that kind of quiet shit moment uh i was 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 great and a testament to everybody involved yeah agreed is that it for the episode i think so uh this season is turning out just like last that it's i think we got four more episodes to go because according to wikipedia this is only a 12 episode season oh man uh it's probably gonna be in some ways i'm not because we have a thousand podcasts to do yeah it's 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 gonna be kind of a breakneck uh race to the finish Yep. I'm excited. Yeah. What else uh, we got to talk about? Do we have any feedback this week or does the, uh, we didn't mention it, but we're doing a remote cast. The weather kind of fucked us all up and we're totally off our game as far as, you know, our normal uh, level of collaboration we do. 
Um, do we have any yeah. feedback to consider? Uh, not that I have on hand, no. All right. Well, hopefully we can get to some more next week. Um, if you'd like to give us some feedback, you can do so um, at TV at baldmove.com. You can uh, like us on Facebook.com slash baldmove and follow Jim on Twitter at baldmove. I did forget. I did remember to put the live uh, thread uh, tonight. Uh, for, for, unfortunately, I'm podcasting in the middle of Justified, so I'm not going to be able to join you. Uh, but if you want to uh, talk Justified with your fellow friends, check it out on Facebook. Uh, we always appreciate reviews and ratings on iTunes. It's this, really the single biggest thing you can do to help us grow the cast and drive traffic to us. Every little bit helps. Um, and because of your guys' uh, uh, contribution towards that, we've been uh, fairly high and new and notable for the last few weeks on iTunes, and we can tell from our audience statistics. So thanks for that. Uh, also, use our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.ballmove.com. That's a way to put some pennies in our coffers. And, uh, uh, and our loafers. And our loafers. <laughs> uh, don't forget about the contest at baldmove.com slash contest. I know I mentioned at the front, probably you've forgotten by now. But really, you can win a fucking Kindle Fire. The odds are pretty good because we don't have the huge, you know, this isn't millions, uh, you know, one in a million chance of winning. Uh, the odds are considerably better than that. They're ever in your favor. Uh, check that out. Uh, of course, check all of our uh, content at baldmove.com. Not just this show, but we got Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and Mad Men are going to come roaring back, uh, Breaking Bad later on in the summer. Uh, check out our affiliates, the Personal Arrogance crew out of Seattle. Uh, they got all kinds of crazy stuff they're talking about. They're talking about uh, missions to Mars. Uh, Jesse's got his uh, What the Fuck segment. Um, listen to our Because show. Uh, broadcast by the three ladies out of LA. They talk. Uh, they have an update about female ejaculation of all things, and uh, money matters. So you know you get your sex talk and your money talk. What's there not to like? Uh, you can find all that stuff at baldmove.com, including uh, this uh, upcoming week is the Up Years Downstairs uh, final cast for season three of Downton Abbey. Uh, don't miss that. And that's all I've got. Anything else for you, Jim? Did I nope, miss anything? That's it. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we will see you next week till then. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. Bye.